you're listening to Half Hour History, the show where you might learn something, but we guarantee nothing. I'm Jacinta. And I'm Luke. And this time we're talking about... Bulletproof Simo and and his his invincible ass. ass. We don't have a song. No. No, we got nothing. Uh, Yeah, we should have maybe got some uh, cheesy, royalty-free music. Yeah, well, we we can look for some. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like We've Got Nothing as the uh, intro line to a new podcast. I think that's a pretty uh, reassuring It's sort of just the whole fruitless pursuits kind of mantra, isn't it? That's right. We've got nothing. Well, but you, let's be fair, you've got something here. You came up with this idea. This is something you wanted to do. Give mm. us give us an idea of uh, what this is all about. What is, what? how did this happen? Well, I think we both jo- enjoy kind of, uh, you know, period set dramas, uh, you know, TVs and movies, those sorts of things that have uh, a history element to it, real life things. And often we will find, like you said, when we were watching Vikings, you went back and looked up a lot of the history and the real stuff that happened there. And I do the same with things that I watch. And I thought, you know what? We're both kind of interested in this sort of shit. So let's do a little show, but just a little one. Just Just a a little, little titch of a one. How, How long are you thinking? Well... Uh, maybe about half an hour. Half an hour. And, and that that is set in stone. Not a minute uh, more, mm. not a minute less. Yeah, we just cut it off if it goes over Everyone half an hour. Middle of a sentence. Will be boom. half an hour. Yeah. Now, I've never studied history. I don't know a lot about history. Mm-hmm. The things that I pick up are through books and television mm-hmm. and movies. I've never actually studied it. So... I'm not bringing much to the table here, mm-hmm. but you have uh, put in the research for these. Uh, this is your baby. Um, you've, I, I take it, always wanted to do a history podcast. I've always wanted to derail one. <laughs> so I think, you know, that's a pretty good um, combination. Uh, well, what makes you qualified to do this? Nothing. I've just watched a lot of horrible histories. Okay. That's enough. So, I've watched, like, not really a lot of drunk history, but lots of horrible histories. So we'll be wearing wigs and rapping? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Maybe. Well, I mean, you won't be able to see the wigs. This is uh, just uh, very much a... Pro- in fact, yes, I'm wearing a rather large wig now. I'll just pop that on and... Uh, Ooh, it's kind of a restoration wig. Yeah, um, it smells a bit musty. Bits to the powder. Mm. Uh, and uh, it's quite high. Oh. I once saw a... Because um, we did restoration in uh, drama uh-huh. when I studied theatre and uh, they would bring out the wigs and mm. uh, those things were incredibly valuable. Licey? No, like <laughs> um, apparently worth just thousands. Yeah, right. And um, they were always kept pristine and mm. we were told, you know, you got to be careful with these wigs. And then um, it was around the same time. It was the early 90s, uh, mid-90s. And um, I was reviewing uh, pornography uh-huh. as a side job because um, someone in the theatre group became, like, uh, the boss of Adult Shop. Okay, yeah. And uh, as just a bit of a lark, some of the theatre writer people got to write these things. Mm-hmm. And I saw one that was done, like a big restoration drama, and I just mm-hmm. kept thinking, God, I hope they don't get come on those expensive wigs. Yeah, right. Yeah. I wonder what the dry cleaning would be like for those. You just I, couldn't. Look, I, it's just exhausting undressing someone yeah. when they're... Oh, yeah. You, you know, you just... Why would you bother? There's so many layers. It's yeah. like pass the parcel, especially like just, in just one of those situations. Yeah. It's just not worth the effort. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Well, good job on uh, derailing in the first five minutes. 
We, um, I think the going forward with this, I think the um, the plan is that we're going to tie this a little bit more to the shows and movies that we are watching, because uh, obviously we do watch a lot of TV, we do see a lot of movies, and that kind of makes sense for us. But for this very first one, uh, it is Anzac Day. We are recording on the Anzac Day, on the day that... Those Australians and those Kiwis stormed Anzac Cove and uh, got their ass fairly well handed to them. So today we are going to tell you a little bit about uh, Simpson and his donkey, which most Australian uh, children would have learnt about in primary school, but I imagine a lot of other people from the other countries uh, may not know a lot about Simo and his just, ass. Just say it. Ignorant Americans. Yep. And for those guys, mm-hmm. Anzac's more than just a biscuit. Do you want to let them know what that uh, stands for? Uh, Australian New Zealand uh, Army Corps. We're after, we're after a good start. <laughs> I read I read this stupid fucking thing on Facebook today because everything on Facebook is like, lest we forget, which is very uh, important and, and should be respected and all that sort of stuff. And someone was saying, oh, the word mate, like M-A-T-E, originated um, in wartime because it was in like an acronym for um, meet you, meet at the end. What a lot of bullshit. I know. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck you. And then I Googled it. And I'm like, what's the origin of the word mate? And they're just like, it's just a fucking word that Australians use. There's no, there's none of this sort of bullshit. And I was just like, nah. Haven't. Nah. Bullshit. Um, people, Don't bring bullshit into Anzac Day, people. Haven't people and animals been mating for far longer than Oh, yeah, but wartime? there's different mate. Like, there's Aussie mate, and then there's, like, biological mate. Yeah, but your mate's like your... Your, your friend, your pal. Your you're not partner. putting your dick in them. Well... Well, unless you're really good friends. What happens in the trenches stays well, in the trenches. Yeah, trench foot, trench dick. Trench dick. <laughs> so, yeah, so this is uh, 24 minutes left, uh, all about trench dick yep. suffered by the Anzacs. No, mm. so it's about Simo. Simo. And his donkey. And his donkey, yeah. Which was it? Was it an ass or a donkey? Is there a difference? Uh, oh, I don't know, actually. All the stories say a donkey. Okay. Yeah, maybe ass is just a regional term. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, so, John Simpson Kirkpatrick is the guy that we are talking about today. Um, and he was born in 1892 in South Shields, which is a coastal town kind of in the north of England. That's uh, 107 BTPM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Before uh, the Phantom Menace. Yeah. He, uh, so he lived kind of the north of England to Scottish parents. And I can't even imagine what kind of accent war was going on there. Like, are you Geordie? Are you Scottish? There's so much going on. Um he lived near the beach. It was a coast. It was a coastal town, uh, and he spent his youth as a donkey lad on the beach. Now, leading... that's a euphemism, right? Uh, well, I mean, let, uh, let me pitch it. They've okay. got those little uh, tents, those little changing tents, yep. on the beach, mm-hmm. and um, five Peter come in to see the donkey lad. Yeah, the donkey <laughs> lad, uh, John Simpson tripod Kirkpatrick. <laughs> Uh, we cut a little hole in the tent, mm. and yeah, yeah. Am I on the right track? Yeah, I think the other uh, version of that story did have him, uh, you know, leading donkeys around for little kids uh, for money. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I guess there the were different uh, values and standards yeah. back then. Yeah, absolutely. So he uh, he joined the British Merchant Navy in 1909 because I can't imagine there was many opportunities uh, in South Shields. 
And uh, he didn't last very long. He deserted in 1910. So he was like, fuck this army, Navy bullshit. Yeah. I mean, it may have only been a matter of months. I don't even know. Navy was probably trying to use old donkey lad as a periscope or something. Yeah, probably. Um, But he deserted, not back in England. He was in Newcastle, New South Wales, in our great brown land. So he hopped off the boat here. Okay, so the, the Navy brought him here? Yeah. And then he just went, oh. And this, he just went, oh, fuck, this, this is all right. This is I'm going to yeah. get a bubble bill, mm. put on some thongs. Yep, have a and, golden uh, gay time and just rip it up. Hide in this kangaroo's pouch and yeah. uh, hop, hop across the happier times. Mm, absolutely. So he was in Australia. He fannied around a while for an, in Australia. He was in, like, Brisbane, Queensland, doing some cane, sugar cane farming or whatever. Uh, before... In August 1914, when he ended up in Perth, which poor, is where poor bugger. which is where all great stories start. That's true. Mm. Uh, you, you, me, were though. Yeah, absolutely. Heath Ledger. Uh, yeah, well, Heath, Heath Ledger. Uh, and he decided, like, he kind of thought, well, I kind of want to go back to England, right? Uh, and the easiest way for me to do that is probably to go back into the army because. The war is probably, like, starting up again, and they'll most likely kind of be going up the European direction. So let's join the army. He dropped the Kirkpatrick from his name uh, because he thought that he would get in trouble because, essentially, he was a deserter, and that's, like, a really, really bad thing. Yeah. And he would have got in heaps and heaps of trouble for that, maybe even shot. So he didn't really want to do that. And he enlisted as a field ambulance stretcher bearer. Which is, uh, basically was only for the dudes who were super strong. So Simo must have been fucking ripped. He must have been really cut. He hey? must have been cut as. Had absolutely big guns, mm. big pythons. He's yeah. like, I'll bring my own guns to this army, which uh, got to have been a saving. And in uh, wartime, you know, wherever you can save a little bit of money. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, basically Simo was the rock. Right? So he was the rock. And remember, he's the donkey lad. So he was carrying around this stretcher and he Mm. wasn't even using his hands. Yeah, exactly. He just like wrapped it around the. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, They were just draped over his stiffy, like like a towel, Mm. a wet towel. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Uh, I mean, why weren't weren't there stories written about that? Probably because they're not uh, quite as kid friendly, right? Yeah. No, that's true. One story that I did quite like that I uh, discovered on my researches is that uh, he had a bit of an affinity with animals. He liked animals. Well, clearly, because <laughs> he was part animal. <laughs> he was part donkey, yeah. Um, when they were doing, uh, still in Australia doing training and stuff, he adopted a little possum that had been orphaned. And he looked after the possum, fed it, raised it, all that sort of stuff. And when it was time to deploy, he took the possum on the boat with him to Egypt. Because why the fuck would you not, Right. Yeah, so he did, obviously didn't know a lot about the caring of that's, animals. That's right. And, I mean, obviously he went and did the training all in Egypt, but he eventually did have to leave it uh, at the zoo in Giza because at least he was smart enough to realise that taking a possum to the front line, probably not the best idea. Did he have to smuggle it in his pouch? Uh, well, maybe. Maybe. They did say that the, the possum would kind of sleep in his hammock while he was out, you know, during the day doing stuff, and it used to run around the ship. And people used to get very angry at him because his possum was on the loose. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, not, also not a euphemism. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, I'm sure uh, that at that zoo in Egypt, that the Egyptian zookeepers were super experienced at looking after Australian native wildlife and it lived a very long and happy life for about four days. Yeah, basically 
all that people would know about Australian animals around the world would be like watching old um, Tasmanian devil cartoons. Mm. Or maybe the one where the kangaroo's there and Sylvester thinks it's a mouse and then <laughs> the kangaroo keeps punching him in the face. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, of course, on the 25th of April 1915, he, minus the possum, was dropped off in Anzac Cove where all the shit hit the fan. There, there's a lot of travel here, a lot of travelling back and forth. I'm so, you know, you'd think this would take quite a long time, but he's, he's packed a lot in. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they all went to yeah. So they all went to Egypt to train and, and do all that sort of stuff. You may have seen like there's a lot of photos from that time. They're all posing in front of the pyramids and stuff because they wanted to obviously climatize to you know the climate of the areas they were going to be fighting in. So yeah. So now they are in Turkey in Anzac Cove. And oh, like, this isn't like a uh, like a Christmas turkey. Sadly not. No. No, it was not Christmas for them. Uh, they were pretty pretty fucked. The story goes that they got dropped off in the wrong spot basically. And instead of a nice beach with a lot of kind of cover and, and all that sort of stuff, they were literally dropped off in a cove. The enemy were all above them and around them, and they were just sitting ducks on this beach, and everything was very, very bad. And you can play this mission, right? In, uh, you can. The last, yeah, I didn't uh, get very uh, far off the beach, let's battle, put it that way. It was a battlefield. Yep. Battlefield. Yeah, which was, you know, re- really cool. But, uh, yeah, if my experience in Battlefield was uh, was much to go by, this was not a good experience for those poor Anzacs. grim. Yes. Uh, the chances of surviving this were very slim. Very, very minimal. Which is why we've got the day off today. Mm. Because so that we can think about them. So we can think about them, yeah. which we're doing. Which, absolutely, we're honouring their memory. We're doing right now. Yes. So for that first kind of 24 hours, everything was just an absolute shambles. Uh, no one knew what they were doing, and there was just bodies and wounded people just fucking everywhere. So the ambulance people were just running around like headless chooks just like trying to get everybody off this off this beach into safety and all that sort of stuff and then this is what he his job is being a stretcher bearer yeah yeah yeah, absolutely i mean he's not uh it was a little bit unclear in the stuff i was reading but the impression i got is that he was not actually once they sort of established their front line he wasn't on the front line, he was a bit further back. Was it um, like on the third or fourth line? Yeah, something like that. So was uh, hanging out by the clothesline. Yeah, he was just chilling. Like he was just hiding behind the clothesline, yeah. so he didn't get shot. Yeah. Uh, so the next day, on the twenty sixth of April, he was just doing his stretcher thing, and then he saw a poor little donkey minding its own business, just hanging out on the beach, just doing its own thing. And he just decided to involve that donkey in his problems. Well, what are the chances the donkey lad, mm. you know, a genuine donkey mm. lad, would find a fellow donkey lad? What just, a coincidence. Like an actual donkey lad mm. wandering around uh, the beach in Turkey. Yeah. Yeah, so he started, like, uh, you know, chucking the wounded guys on the back of the donkeys, and they he could only pick up certain wounded guys, right? If you had your guts hanging out, then you weren't a donkey candidate. You had to be able to sit on the donkey and kind of hold yourself there. You so could tie you, your guts around the donkey's yeah, neck yeah. in a loop. If you had no legs, you were going to have a hard time staying on that donkey. So it was like foot injuries, arm injuries, sometimes head injuries and stuff that Headaches. he would take them. Yeah, so he was walking around. There's some guy with his legs blown off. He's like, oh, sorry, mate. I'm going to go and get that guy who's uh, stood on a piece of glass and take him back to the field okay. hospital. Yeah. So uh, it was mainly saving people that didn't especially need it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, if they couldn't walk back, then he would take them. But um, so the other 
overly buff stretcher bearers because everyone's super buff. Yeah. Like, it's literally like The Rock and Terry Crews. Yeah. Uh, all those sorts of guys are carrying these stretchers. But they're Australian and New Zealanders. Yes. So it's yes. more like um, Hemo, Edjo, Jaiko, and Jermaine oh, yeah. Clement. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And Tiger's just sitting there going, nah, mate. Um, uh, Jaiko, Edjo, Frodo, uh, <laughs> Bilbo. Yep. All those guys. Yep, 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 yep. So these other guys are like, oh, shit, well, donkeys are a super good idea. So they went and grabbed a couple of other donkeys Isn't that were also on the beach. Look, I've heard of shells on a beach, yeah. seaweed, yeah. crabs, mm. maybe some uh, yeah. they dead, weren't, some cuttlefish. They weren't like native donkeys just hanging out at the beach. They'd been left there by some like Greek soldiers or something. They'd bought the donkeys so that they could cart like kerosene and water and stuff like that to the soldiers, and then they got kind of abandoned there. So uh, there just happened to be donkeys there. It's a good place to leave a bunch of donkeys because on a, on uh, beach. Because donkeys <laughs> love to eat sand. <laughs> they are mad for it. They do. Yeah. They love it. Mm. They will fill up on sand. Yeah, yeah. So uh, everyone has got a donkey. Everyone's really happy. So they're using these donkeys to cart their injured soldiers over what I assume was just a muddy expanse of piss, shit, and blood and yeah. sand. Teeth. Yeah, <laughs> brains, guts, all of that yeah. sort of thing, yeah. So is that how the donkeys ate? How did the donkeys survive all this? Uh, well, there was some um, Indian soldiers that had uh, mules or something that they were using as pack horses, and so they would uh, tie up the donkeys sounds with like the a, mules and give them their food as well. Sounds like a pretty bustling beach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a carousel. <laughs> yeah, there was. Um, so and you could, mm-hmm. while you were waiting for your turn on the donkey, mm-hmm. rent a deck chair. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's like just in the corner, just bobbing for apples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Not bad. Um, so understandably, the donkeys had a kind of a shitty time, right? Yeah. So in obviously all the children's books... Simo and the donkey were heroes and everything was great and they saved like a million dudes and oh, what a great story. In reality, the donkeys got shot the fuck up because they're a pretty big target, right? They're meat shields. They are just meat shields. So they had to keep just getting new donkeys. Like, I hope they were expecting these donkeys to keep breeding or something because they were just going through these donkeys at a rate of knots. So yeah. There but was, the, but yeah, and a gestation period for a donkey is uh, mm, at least five minutes. So yeah, yes. I was thinking like yeah. about an hour. Yeah, exactly. So especially in uh, if, depending on how much sand mm. they eat. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, because they'll all get, they'll get colic and it's just just no good. So uh, our first donkey was Duffy, which is the one that the name that I remember from my childhood Simpson and donkey stories. It was Duffy. It was Duffy. But in reality, there was more than one. Oh, there was more than one. There was Duffy. Yeah. Then Duffy died. So there was Duffy number two. Yeah. There was Duffy the second. Then there was Murphy, Queen Elizabeth, and Abdul. Yeah, and then uh, Duffy's uh, 12 through to <laughs> yeah. 35. Yeah. And yeah. then Stevie. I'm uh, actually very upset that um, the donkeys, or one of the donkeys at least, wasn't called like Badonkadonk. Because could you imagine, <laughs> like, across the, the battlefield, there's just the plaintive cries of fallen soldiers? Badonkadonk, save me, Badonkadonk. I just think that's such a shame. The donkeys answer when you call them. I don't know. Can you eat a donkey? Did they, like, eat these donkeys that were getting I killed? would expect they probably would. Yeah. You can eat horse, so you'd have to be able to eat donkey. And I, from all accounts, 
the food situation wasn't the best. There was a, there was a story um, of a guy who was in one of the trenches or whatever, and he'd managed to get some like nice stew and normally their food was just like shit and biscuits basically. (laughs) And he'd got this stew and he was like, Oh fuck, this is the best moment of my life. And, uh, the Turks threw a bomb into the thing and it hadn't exploded, um, straight away. It still had the little fuse on it. And he was like, well, I mean, if I run away from this bomb, I'm going to have to put my stew down. So he just stood there the bomb went off. It was obviously just a little one, and it, like, cut up all his feet and stuff. And uh, his commanding officer came over, what the fuck are you doing? And he's, like, pulling glass and shrapnel and shit out of his feet. And he's like, well, I didn't want to lose my stew. It's good stew, mate. Yeah, like... I'm not, putting, I'm not, not bloody putting down my stew for a little fucking bomb, dickhead. Uh, I know, exactly. I mean, this is why the Australians are heroes. That's right. Because, like, fuck bombs... Eat stew. You'll never get hungry on a beach, though, because of all the sandwich <laughs> is there. <laughs> oh, it just works. Here we are. Um, so everybody fucking loves Simo, right? Yeah. Absolutely loved him, uh, even though he had a massive, uh, a massive <laughs> death. Oh, Siri. Shut, shut up, Siri. What's up? it looking for? Oh, it's asking me if I want to search for stuff. No, Siri, I don't go away. Sandwiches. Um, Sandwiches. Uh, so Simo had a massive death wish, right? And he would be walking along, like he had a little path that he kind of walked up and down every day. And he would sing and whistle and just stroll around while the bullets were just zinging by him. He also got called uh, Scotty because of his Scottish parents and because everybody really loved Star Trek in 1915. It was pretty huge. Yeah, back it then. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody just loved the shats uh, and everybody else in it, of course. Yep. Yeah, uh, so quote from one of his officers. Do you want to do a do an old-timey? Oh, <laughs> what's old-timey Australian? Oh, any old-timey. I don't know if... if I mean, there was British officers there too. That's true. Yeah. Almost every digger knew about him. The question was often asked, has the bloke with the donk stopped one yet? Stopped the, one with his donk? The bloke with the donk. <laughs> Why, look... As you said, there are a lot of uh, children's books and things about this story, mm. often called, like, Simpson and his donkey. Mm. Why not the bloke with the donk? The bloke with the donk. The bloke with the donk. It's a very, it's a missed opportunity, really. Crikey. Mm. So. And they mean by that, stopped, like, a bullet with his head? Oh, stopped a bullet with any part of his body, I with, feel. Yeah, yes. okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you've got to think that Simo is on borrowed time here, okay? Yes. Yeah. Um, He's whistling in the face of death. He is, yeah. Uh, And so God, the God up above, he must have had three to four weeks in the when will Simo bite it pool because just over three weeks after landing at Anzac Cove, Simo copped machine gunfire to the back and died. Whoa, okay, I didn't know that part. So I don't want to be all Donald Trump here, but mm. I, I feel like I like my heroes to uh, sort of survive things. Yeah, well, the thing was, like, he's going he's going up and back his thing, and uh, he was coming back, I believe, and uh, one of his mates in the trenches was like, Oi, Simo, uh, there's, like, a Turkish machine gunner who's, like, sweeping this area, so you better, like, fucking watch out and shit, eh? And he's like... Thanks, fam, you got me. And then, like, went another, like, 20 steps or something and boom, face planted. Went in his back, mushed up all his organs, came out the front and bam, off he's gone. Yeah. And and the hole that his donk left in the beach, you can still visit today. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You Uh, can throw a a dollar and make a wish. (laughs) 
And allegedly, and I think this story is bullshit, but it sounds great and would look really good in a movie. Allegedly, the donkey was like, oh, well, this is a bit fucked, isn't it? And because the donkey knew the route so well, he just kept walking. And he went back down to the field hospital with the injured soldier because that donkey knew its fucking job. And he became a donkey doctor. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he survived the war and got a medal. He did, yes. Actually, the donkey that he was... He had there, I think they said at the time it was Murphy, and originally the soldiers were like, well, this donkey is, uh, like, the special one, right? So they were going to keep that donkey, keep it safe. They were going to send it back to Australia. So this, this special Simpson donkey, uh, but it got mixed up with some other, like, donkeys and horses and stuff and did not make it back to Australia. They ate them Fucking all because donkeys bureaucrats. are too delicious. Yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, so Simo was absolutely a propaganda writer's wet dream. Like, what a hero. He's whistling in the face of death. He's saving a whole bunch of dudes. What a hero. Um and there was a book in 1916 that said he rescued, uh, like, 300 men from No Man's Land, just carrying them over his shoulder on the donkey. What a boss. Um, but it's since been deemed, like, mostly untrue due to the fact that it was probably physically impossible to have carried that many people in that space of time. It was only just over three weeks. And they said that his trip from the field hospital up to where he was picking up the dudes and back was an hour at a time. Uh, it was a little over a kilometre, but it was really rough kind of terrain and stuff, so it would have taken ages. But that he would make uh, 10 to 12 trips a day where the stretcher bearers who didn't have a donkey would only be able to make five or six. So he was doing more, but still. There were lots of stories about how he'd come back and then go for smoko at, like, the coffee tent for about yeah, five hours. Yeah, of course he would. And then, and, then, and then go back, pick up another couple of guys, oh, whatever, just fucking whistle at the Turks, no big deal. Drag and his then donkey come back. back come make, back and have a sandwich. Donkey sandwich, mm. make a meat pie, have, yeah. have a bit of a lark, play yeah. a bit of two-up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, so how many men do we reckon it really was? Oh. Five? Don't know. Don't know. Three? Oh, at least three. Okay. Yep. That yeah. we could bet on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, that's, sure. that's decent. For sure. Um, this is like that Mel Gibson Spider-Man movie we saw. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was like, Mel Gibson Spider-Man? Yes, it is very much like that. What was that movie called? Uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge. Yes, but he didn't have a donkey. He had God. That's true. Mm, God was his donkey. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which was the subtitle <laughs> in foreign markets. <laughs> Uh, one of the, like, you know, it's not funny, like, the guy's dead, he got shot in the back and had a bad time, but, um, a bunch of images that over the last kind of 100 years have, that most people have widely regarded to be Simo, are actually of a guy from New Zealand called Dick Henderson, yeah. who, uh, he actually took over Murphy the donkey, uh, from the big Sim dog when he bit it, and, uh, after people kind of... You know, many, many, many years later, once everyone sort of went, oh, shit, maybe this, you know, person that we've been revering is not actually Simo. Everyone just went, oh, fuck it, who cares? Because we're not going to re-engrave all those Simpson statues with the name of some fucking Kiwi. No way. No. No. Sometimes a good story is better than the truth. Absolutely. Um, and surprisingly, there's only been one movie about Simpson and his donkeys uh, made ever, and that was in 1916. So it's been a while. I think we're due for one. I think we're absolutely due for yeah. one. Yeah. It's been, uh, been over 100 years. I think we can... Uh, I think we, can... we might be able to make one. Yeah, with, like, Lego? 
No, like with Lego like, well, st- yeah. Yeah, your Lego stop motion Simo and the Donk. A puppy donk. A puppet donk. A puppet donk. Puppet, puppet donk. <laughs> hey, Simo. <laughs> you need some help? <laughs> Lord. Um, so there's been a an ongoing myth over the years that uh, old mate Simo was recommended for a VC medal for bravery, but due to some sort of admin blunder, it never happened. And there's all these, like, petitions and shit on the internet to get Simo a VC. And it's like, mate, I don't think Simo really gives a shit about the VC now. Like, he's fucking buried in Turkey. Like, he, he's not he's not concerned about this. And there was no... Buried in Turkey. <laughs> there was no paperwork. Holy Jesus. <laughs> there was no paperwork that anyone ever found to back up the fact that a request was ever submitted. So it's most likely that people are just making shit up. Liars. Mm, um... In 2011, the Australian government went, hey, guys, all right, we're going to look into this thing, okay? We're going to work out if this guy should get a uh, posthumous medal or not. They're going to uh, interview the families of the, don- of the donkeys. Yes. Of the donkadonks. The donkadonks. Uh, ultimately, they decided that he did not really go above and beyond the call of duty, and literally the only thing that he did different from all the other poor stretcher bearers who were doing the same shitty job as him is that he found a donkey. Which isn't um, hard on a desolate beach covered in donkeys, yeah. right? It's not like they were hiding behind <laughs> it, trees it, or it does seem to sheds have been, or... Yeah, it does seem to have been a, a small jump from on his part. Like, I mean, I know that he was walking up and back fucking saving guys with bullets and stuff, but... That was his job. So was, that was his job, and everybody else was doing that too, so... Mate, you weren't there for a bloody haircut, exactly. dickhead. You were there to, like, move bodies, and the fact that uh, you're supposed to be carrying a stretcher, but you all found a donkey on a donkey-filled beach. Donkey <laughs> beach, the, the Turks had called yeah. it. Mm. So bloody what? Yeah. So ultimately, were they going to award a medal for the first guy to find a donkey? No. No, they were not. So <laughs> fuck you, Simpson, is what the Australian government said. Yeah. Yeah, but we're still going to teach little kids about how you and your fucking donkey are a hero and you never died and you had a great time at the war. Except you got shot in the back. Except you got shot in the back. But yeah. we, d- we, don't, we don't like to tell that. Okay. We don't, yeah. we don't tell that story. Yeah, I didn't know that. I thought he came back and he was still happily... Living with the donkey today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 160 now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was clearly blessed. Yes. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag Simo. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag badonkadonk. Yeah. <laughs> A bloke in his donk. <laughs> I say, did that bloke with his donk ever cop one in the in the log? <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so that's, that's why we get the day off. That's why we get the day off. There's Simo and his donk. Mixing it up on the Mixing beach. Mixing it up on the beach, yeah. Having Good a, times. A, yeah, donkey beach party. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, if this is a thing, yeah, let us know. Yeah, like what? I think we're maybe only a maybe once a month or something. I don't know. Like this isn't going to replace anything else. This is just a little indulgent thing that we want to do sometimes. So, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Mm. If you were edified and you learnt something, and I learnt something. Um, I feel good about this. I, I learned uh, something. and Or even if you have a suggestion of something that uh, you'd like to learn about, mm. then uh, do let us know through all the normal channels. Uh, we, of course, do our weekly podcast, FPCast, and uh, there's also Book Was Better. You can find everything at fruitlesspursuit.com. Links to our Patreon, which is where you would have found this, and um, all that stuff. Mm. 
Yeah, I was uh, thinking that the ongoing joke was that we were never going to be uh, half an hour, but we basically are. Pretty close. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you're glad I told that week story now, right? Oh, I'm sure I could have filled it up with uh, a little bit more shit. But no, that's that's it. We're done. Half an hour. All right. Let's go. What's your sign-off? Whatever you say now is your sign-off for the, the whole time. Now, on the spot, five, four, three, two, one. Badonkadonk. <laughs> <laughs>